this this message right here, we're in a new series, Standard of Living. And today, I'm just going to be talking about the standard of the heart. Standard of the heart. And throughout the service, that's what really been the theme of it, is the heart. A lot of times we have to learn how to check our hearts. So I'm going to be up here a lot. I'm going to be looking at my iPad a lot because it's a lot of information. I won't be long. But in the context, it's not referring to the heart of the, you know, the vital organ that pumps blood through our body. It's not talking about that, but in this context, the heart is the spiritual part of us where our emotions and our desires dwell. You know, sometimes the heart and the mind could be interchangeable. You know, a lot of times we get it confused. Even with our soul, we get it confused. But before we look at the human heart, it's safe to say that, that God, you know, he has emotions and he has feelings and desires. So it's safe to say that God has a heart too. And because God has a heart, that means we have a heart. We have a heart as well, but there is a difference. There is a difference. Let's go to Jeremiah. Seventeen and nine. But before I read that, the scripture says in Acts thirteen and twenty two, it said David was a man after God, his own heart. Scripture number one. Number two. It's, this is in Jeremiah 3 and 15. God blesses his people with leaders who know and follow his heart. So we know God has a heart. So now Jeremiah, Jeremiah 17 and 9 says this. This is the difference between our heart, God's heart. This is our heart. The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? I'm going to try not to yell. So in other words, the fall in a garden with Adam and Eve, it affects us at the deepest level. Our mind, our emotions, and desires have been tainted by sin. So now we are all blind on just how pervasive the problem is. We can't even understand our own heart. We don't see how bad it is. That's why people say things like, oh, you know my heart. God knows my heart. Because you don't understand how bad your heart is. Now because... Hold on. God said this in Psalms 44 and 21. So this is why, this is why when we say God knows our heart, yes, he really does. He really does. Because Psalms 44 and 21 says God knows the secrets of the heart, them hidden motives, the things that people don't see. God knows 
those things. Now, because he knows the secrets of the heart, God is the only one that can judge righteously. He's the one that judged righteously because he's know, he knows the secrets of our heart. Listen to this. Jeremiah 17 to 10 says, but I, the Lord, search all hearts, examine secret motives. I give all people their due rewards according to what their actions deserve. God said, I examine all secret motives. Now, we'll move further along. Mark 17 and 23 to, uh, 21 through 23. Right here, Jesus points, he points out the fallen, he points out the fallen condition of humans in our hearts. He said this, for from within, out of a person's heart, here it comes. Come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, wickedness, deceit, lustful desires, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. All these vile things come from within. They are what defile you. All things come from inside of us that are unclean. So it's not even external. A lot of people like to look on the outside. But here the Bible says it's not about the outside. It's not, it's not what comes from the outside that defiles you. But it's from within. It's the internal. The internal things is what defile you. So our biggest problem is not the external, it's the internal. We all have a heart problem. We all have a heart problem. Look at your name and say, I have a heart problem. But here's the thing. But look at your name and say, I decree and declare that my heart will be delivered. My heart will be set free. In Jesus' name. Listen, I, I, couldn't, I, couldn't, I couldn't just let you speak that negative over, over your life. We have to learn how to decree and declare the good things. You got to learn how to prophesy for yourself and say, I will not. This will not be. This will not be my heart. But we have to, but we have to be honest with ourselves and say, hey, this is what it is. So that way you can be delivered so that you can be free. So I have three things that need to happen to help our heart condition. Just three things that I'm going to give you. It's much more, but I don't have time for three. Amen? Here it is. The first need, we need to have open heart surgery. We need to have open heart surgery. Because the heart is so important to what we do or say, it's mandatory that we have open heart surgery regularly. Let me say it again. 
because the heart is so important to what we do or say, it's mandatory that we have open heart surgery regularly. Now listen, now surgery, it can't be done just by anybody. You can't have surgery done by anybody. But it has to be done with the scalpel, with the word. It has to be done with the scaffold by the word. Let's go to Hebrews 4 and 12. For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword. Cutting between soul and spirit. Between joint and moral. Here it is. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. So it has to be done by the word. But now here, it's so powerful that you can see the difference. There is a difference between your soul and your spirit. Our spirit, it allows us to have a connection with God. That's your spirit. Once you get saved, now you have the spirit of God living inside of you. Now your soul, on the other hand, it makes up your mind, your will, and your emotions. It's the essence of humanity. It's who you are. That's your soul. Now, oh my God, the word is so sharp and it's so quick and it's penetrating that it's going to divide your soul and your spirit. So your spirit is one. Your spirit is the one to tell you, "Don't do that. Don't do that." Now your mind, your mind, your will, and your emotions. Now that's another thing. But the word is what's going to divide that, and so you'll be able to see yourself. Listen, so a lot of times we try, we try to hide certain things. But the word is what exposes you. Have you ever been in a situation or you've been mad about something? And, and you know you have that friend. Or you will read a scripture or something. And it makes you mad. Like, why did you just tell me that? Or why did I just read that? Now I'm mad because I was able to see myself. So the word came. And it divides your spirit and your soul. Because you can't hide behind your spirit when the word comes in. So now your soul is being exposed. That thing has to be fixed. A lot of times, a lot of people want to get mad at Bishop because he speaks the truth. Because now you're held accountable. Now things has to change. I'm moving too far, but I'm going to go back to it, but I'm going to say it right now. God tests you. And when he tests you, it's, oh, 
I remember I sent my servant to send you that word. So now I want to test it if you really got it. D, I'm going to test it see if you really got it. But he tests you. So the word is so powerful that it divide your soul and spirit. So we must have hope in heart surgery through the word of God. So now number two. The heart needs guarding. It needs guarding. This Proverbs 4 and 23. Proverbs 4 and 23 says, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. The heart needs guarding because of its naturally, it's naturally a part of our fallenness. So when Adam sinned, now we all was born in sin because Adam sinned. So now sin is a part of our life. So now we have this heart problem that people don't like to see, but it's the truth. We all have a heart problem because it's part of the fallenness. So even for us believers, we still have that inside of us. We save, sanctify, fill with the Holy Ghost, fire, baptize, all that. The spirit is in us, but still and yet our soul is still there. So we have to make sure that we guard it. Amen. That we need to guard our hearts because like sheep, we are prone to wander from God in our hearts. I'm going to say that again. We need to guard our hearts because like sheep, we are prone to wander from God in our hearts. Why? Because we want to be in control of our own affairs and destinies. I'm going to say it again. We want to be in control of our own affairs and destinies. Listen to this. Some of us want to trust God with getting us into heaven. We want to trust God with getting us into heaven, but we would too often prefer to direct our own affairs down here on earth. Why? Because we are so committed to our own desires. This is why it's important for us to guard our hearts. We have to guard our hearts because it's easy for us. Hey, we all have dreams. We all, we all have them. But sometimes them things will get in the way. God is right there and we like this, God, I'm... But we're drifting away from God in our hearts. So here it is. The guarding is not us pushing people out of our lives through what could be, though it could be a good thing, but guarding our hearts is not like, oh, I'm cool on them. Cool on them. Nope. Mm -mm. I'm good. I'm good. That's not guarding your heart within the context of this scripture. But the garden is referring 
For in here is protecting our heart from lust, anger, selfishness, unforgiveness, bitterness, and etc. Whatever it is, whatever else that you're dealing with. He's talking about uh, guarding your heart from that. Let me, let me give an illustration. Come here, Jerry. Come here, Gio. You're the strongest, bro. Stand, no, stand in front of your dad. Nope, turn around. Turn around. Yep, 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 yep. No, no, no. This is your heart. This is you guarding your heart. When bitterness come in, when bitterness try to come in, you got to block me. Block me. When selfishness trying to come in, Block me. When lust trying to come in, block me. When strife trying to come in, we have to learn how to guard our hearts. Your heart be guarding. This is powerful right here. Because if these things are in your heart, it will be hard for you to receive what God is trying to say to you. If you have bitterness in your heart, we can preach all day. You can have conversations all day, but it will not come in because the bitterness is causing you to be blind. Bishop, this is why people can't accept correction. It's because you're offended. You're thinking about yourself. You have all these other things blocking what God is trying to do. So you have to make sure you guard your heart. This is standard of living, y'all. Guard your heart. So here's the next one. The heart needs giving. The heart needs giving. Giving the heart means taking risk or becoming vulnerable. It means having to step out in faith, believe in God rather than one's own strategies. It means having to give up something or sometimes a lot. Listen, I remember Bishop, when he was preaching, he was preaching a while ago, and he talked about how, you know, a lot of us, we have different gifts and talents. We have that. And a lot of people get mad because it's like, oh, you using me, you using me, but You're going to get used. I'm being used right now. <laughs> Bishop get used every Sunday, every Tuesday, every Wednesday, every Thursday, every Friday, every Saturday. <laughs> Monday. <laughs> we all get used, even you on your job. You're getting used. You're gifted. You're talented at what you do. You get used. But a lot of times we get scared. 
We get scared. But that's selfish. Listen to this. To fail to give your heart. Oh, God. To fail to give your heart means to lock it up safely in a casket of selfishness. And like a body laid to rest in a casket, the heart will change. Even though it's placed in a safe place, right, in a casket, right, it's locked up. It's in a safe place. But it's dark. It's motionless. So it's motionless and it's, and it's locked up in a safe place. And the only thing is, is done there, only thing left for us to do is to rot. Is only there to rot. So don't be afraid to give your heart. God has called us to do a lot of things, but a lot of people have refused to do it, Bishop, and rather just sit and let it let it sit in a safe place and let it rot. I remember Bishop shared a video with us from Dr. Miles Monroe. He said the richest place is in the graveyard. The richest place is the graveyard because everybody who died that did not fulfill their dreams, all the talent that they refused to use it because they were scared. Bishop, sometimes we're we going to get our hearts broken. That's going to happen. That's life. But so that means you, you decide to be selfish you decide to not give it, but make sure that you give your heart. Don't be afraid. Give your heart. I'm done, y'all. But here's the last one. <laughs> the heart needs purifying. The heart needs purifying. Uh, just like Jeremiah 17 and 9, it said, The heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who can really knows how bad it is? So this is how the heart is purified. I'm going to give you three things. One, the heart is purified by being renewed. The, not, the mind needs renewing in its ideas, values, motives, and even beliefs. The thoughts and intents of the heart need to be changed through storing and meditating on God's word, along with exchanging our viewpoint with God's. The hearts, to be purified, it needs to be renewed. That even goes back to what we talked about in Hebrews 4 and 12, how the word divides soul and spirit and it exposes the innermost parts of our thoughts. So that's why the word it's so important. We must meditate, meditate on the word so it can renew. Number two, the heart is purified by being tested. One of the reasons for the suffering and trials and our very irritations that God either brings or allows is to reveal the condition of our hearts. 
So when we get irritated, God is showing you something. Hey, my child, there's something there. Clean it up. Bishop, I don't know how many times where, you know, like Bishop is like, I don't know, this is one of the most <laughs> humblest servants I've been under ever. I'm on live stream, huh? man, ever. And <laughs> I just love the way how he's okay with apologizing. That's one of the things, like, for me, like, sometimes I know I've done wrong. I know. I know. I know. And it takes a whole lot. That's pride, huh? Uh, working on the heart, working on the heart. But I don't mind now, Bishop. I don't mind apologizing. Especially if the word is on it. Because remember, God tests us. Test us. Now, English class. God tests us. And I want to make sure that there's no hidden, no secrets. In our heart, we have to make sure. Who God. We're in Revelations, y'all, and, you know, when we're in Revelations, I think about all the movies I've seen, like Left Behind, all that, where they were preachers crying out because they preached the word. People was delivered, but they still was left behind because they had hatred in their heart. They had unforgiveness in our heart. Now we can sing. We can praise. We can raise our family the right way. We can provide for our families the right way. But if you have stuff in your heart, leave it right there. So we need to make sure and know that our heart is purified by being tested. The last one. The heart is purified by confession or repentance. This is vital to the whole process. Repent. Therefore, if the wickedness of, your, of yours and pray to the Lord that if possible, that intent of your heart may be forgiven. That's Acts 8 and 22. I'm going to read it again. Repent, therefore, of the wickedness of yours and pray to the Lord that, if possible, the intent of your heart may be forgiven. I'm done. So we have to make sure that, first, we have open heart surgery regularly. We have to make sure that, make sure that we allow the word of God to perform the surgery on us. Make sure. And two, we need to guard our hearts. Guard our hearts from the things that block us from hearing God's voice. We have to make sure that, that stuff is out the way. Hey, sometimes some people probably feel like, man, God not speaking to me. God, God, I don't hear you. I don't hear you. Check your heart. Check your, it's a scary prayer. But you have to pray this prayer. God, anything that is in me that is not like you, show me. Or this another one. 
God, show me how you see me. God, I want to see me how you see me. God, if there are some things that need to be changed, change me, God. Fix me, because I want to be better. You need to give, give your heart. Take risks and be vulnerable. Don't allow your heart to rot. And the last one, you need to purify your heart. Hearts are purified when we renew it with the word. Be tested by God and by confession or repentance. God, we love you. God, we thank you for your word, God. God, we thank you for your word because you said your word is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, God. And it will expose us of our innermost thoughts, God, the secrets that nobody knows, God. I we thank you for your word. Now, God, from this point on, for the rest of our lives, God, God, do surgery on our hearts, God. God, do surgery on our hearts, God. Fix our hearts, God, because we want to be pleasing to you, God. Now, fix us, fix us make, make us better, God. But we want to be better for you. We want to be better for our family, for our churches, God, and everybody who come in contact with us, God. So, God, allow this word to penetrate our hearts and allow it to stick with us, God. We're going to give you all the glory and all the praise. In your son Jesus' name we pray.